Welcome growth seekers and freedom fighters to the Grow To Be Free podcast. I'm your host, Kiani Williams, and it is my goal to help you reach your fullest potential through listening to the stories of real women who have broken through a new level of life. And so listen in and take notes because you're going to learn so many practical and tangible tips to help you grow to your fullest potential in business and in life. So let's get to it. On this episode, I'm interviewing Michelle St. Angelo. She's the founder of Vent Dance and Creative Sessions, which is a workout for your soul. We talk about her experience dealing with stress and being in the corporate world, how she learned to use dance and writing to bring more happiness and freedom into her life, and she gives advice on how you can reach that freedom state for yourself. If you're stressed, tired, and feeling disconnected, this episode will really help you to figure out how to unlock a new sense of freedom and get yourself out of that loop. So let's get to it. Hi, thank you for having me, Kiani. My name is Michelle. Um, I'm founder of Vent Dance and Creative Sessions. Um, by the way, this is my dog, Gene. He might pop in and out of this as well. So. <laughs> we love dogs. <laughs> um, so yeah, I mean, Kiani is one of the has gotten to experience, but basically vent dance and creative sessions is what we call a workout for your soul. And it is combining guided freestyle movement with quiet, creative action. So what that looks like is a curated, it's about a 60 to 75 minute experience. Um, we meet on zoom. We do this, you know, with people all over the country, all over the world. Um, and we guide you, we have a, we have a playlist full of sort of hits and songs that are meant to be very expressive and emotive. And we guide you in what's sort of like an improv prompt. So it would be a open suggestion on how to move your body, but ultimately you dance around in the way that you feel the music inspires you. Um, and that could be any kind of movement. So then dance is not just for dancers. We have, you know, any, if you want to sit and do sit-ups or push-ups or, or even I've, we've had people, you know, clean the house uh, while venting or do yard work while venting, anything that really gets your body moving, but you feel that you're connected to the beat and you've lost your sense of self. And then the second half of the vent session focuses on creativity. So we invite people to journal, free write, color, paint. I mean, it's been, uh, people have macrame in, in my class. People have, uh, you know, done rock art, all kinds oh of really, yeah, I would never have thought. And it's just free time. It's 20 minutes of free time. You could read a book, you could sit quietly. Um, but we do encourage some sort of creativity because what we find is that after the movement, after you've sort of gotten into your body, there's often things that become apparent to you that need to come out and, and sometimes putting them on paper, whether in words or pictures, um, can be very cathartic and also very enlightening. Mm -hmm. And yeah. so that's sort of what the event dance and creative sessions um, process is. Yes. Oh my gosh. And as somebody who has done it, it was something that I didn't expect to feel as I don't know, just like released and like calmed afterwards. And I was surprised to see how many people, like, I, I didn't know that you were painting. I think I saw you in the middle of that creative session, like painting, I was like, is she painting? I was like, this is like, I, like in my head, I was like, this is kind of crazy. I was like, just writing stuff, <laughs> but um, that's how I, that's me. That's, I naturally go to writing because that's just who I am. But I just, I think that's amazing that you allow people to have that freedom to do whatever it is that means something to them. And I know in the past, you've probably seen some people who maybe draw or like write something that's kind of like deep and like a little bit telling to what they've been going through. Can you tell me a little bit about that and any experiences, I mean, without sharing people's details, <laughs> um, any experiences that you feel like really stood out to you? 
This happens a lot, actually, in event session. Um, what we discovered when we started, especially after pandemic, and we started doing them virtually, and we allowed people to do them in their homes, is that there was a different level of depth that people were able to get to, different level of comfort. And um, you're right. And so oftentimes, we do have people create things that it's like the messages they needed to hear at that moment from their highest self. And, and usually this does happen, you know, I, I'm also a, a yoga practitioner. I've been a, a long time certified yoga instructor. I've been teaching for over 15 years. Um, and, and so I had learned a lot of these ancient arts of how to shut the brain off and how to go into the, a higher consciousness. And the thing that I think is, the, the thing I learned over the course of studying those types of modalities is that getting to a higher consciousness can be much simpler and much easier than one would think. And vent is really that bridge, right? Vent is that way of saying, actually, you can just put on some great music and dance around and have fun and then do something thoughtful and creative. And that enough is a way of getting into this higher space of consciousness. And so, um, Oftentimes, when we're you know when we tap into that part of ourselves, it can be very freeing, very comforting, and very emotional. And so, actually, I'm glad you brought that up because the third part of the sort of vent dance ritual is that we come together and we sort of talk and share. and And it's not super serious, and it's not you know, um, I think highly therapeutic in a, in a formal sense, but it is therapeutic in an informal sense. And I think that people um, have the tools they need to heal themselves. Mm -hmm. They just need to realize these things and mm -hmm. simple fun rituals like this can be a catalyst for that. Mm, I love that. Yeah. I feel like what what is presented and what people do in this vent session is to bring a higher level of like self-awareness. And that's really the first step towards healing in a lot of cases. And so I, I love that you, you, you mentioned it's a bridge. It's a bridge for people to get to that point because coming from somebody like me, I've actually had issues with, with being self-aware or just recognizing that I've been hurt. And I'm a very like, go, go, go type of person. And so I don't, I don't typically or haven't historically went back into my past and healed from certain traumas and things that I know that I should have. And so having those outlets, those creativity moments that is uninhibited has always has always really helped me out into realizing, oh, this is an issue. This is something that is holding me back. And I, I, I really want to hear from you and your story. And, you know, how did you get to this point? Because it's, it's, a, it's a great idea. And I'm sure it's, it's healed you as well. It absolutely has healed me. And um, yeah, I'll, I'll try to tell the story succinctly, but really that be, became a thing over the course of my life, over different experiences and pivotal points that, that occurred in my life. But it started as a kid, you know, as, as most of our stories do. Um, I danced, you know, the second I could walk, I wanted to dance. I was a dancer and I got put in, you know, it was very obvious that I was talented in that type of um, artistry. And so my mom put me into dance classes and I absolutely loved them. And I quickly excelled and, you know, just couldn't get enough. I practiced every type of dance. Um, and as I grew older, I think there was only you know, my, my, there was a limited opportunity, I think, as I, as I got older and I was, I was living in New York. So my talent and my teachers and the other influences around me were pushing me towards a professional track. And that was really like the only thing that you could do when you were young and talented in that way. It was like, oh, she's going to be a performer. Right. So yeah. they, they put me in these professional, you know, professional camp type, um, schools, which exist, of course, all around New York City for, for, you know, farms for Broadway and other types of and dance companies and ballet companies and things like that. And as, as soon as I got into those spaces, I began to experience a lot of anxiety and I would come mm -hmm. home crying. 
And, you know, at six years old, I would audition for these roles and I would get them, but I would not want to do them. I'd come home and cry. And, and I don't think my parents could understand, like, she loves dance so much. Why isn't this working for her? So mm -hmm. they took me out of the pre-professional schools and I just practiced on the, like, um, you know, the, the sort of community level. I was in uh, my high school dance team. We were a competitive dance team. We did very well. We went to nationals. You know, you see this on ESPN now, the yeah. type dance competitions was what I ended up doing, but it was more informal because it was just at the school level. Um, but we did very well. And then through that, I experienced, I started to, the, the, the mental, I think, stress, started to manifest physically and I had severe back injury. So at the age of like 16, 17, 18, it was to the point where I couldn't walk after a competition. Wow. And so I was seeing all these doctors and no one could figure out what was wrong with me. And I was being x-rayed and physical therapy and all the things. And I was lucky enough that my parents were kind of hippies in the seventies. And so they <laughs> were like, why don't you try yoga? And I was like, great. So around the time of, of college, I started practicing yoga and that what I found, I did it for physical reasons. It did heal my back. It did help me, um, you know, use my musculature more, more consciously and not be so reliant on my poor low back and other and hips and other areas that most of us actually do lean into too much. Um, so it healed those spaces, but, but the byproduct that I wasn't expecting of yoga was it calmed my brain. Hmm. I felt like I was less stressed. I felt like I was, I didn't have so much pressure on me. I felt like I could handle things more. And I was like, there's something sort of magic in this yoga thing. Mm -hmm. So anyway, suffice it to say, this was happening during my college years. I was studying uh, English and psychology, English literature and psychology. And then I minored in dance. Mm -hmm. And I was mostly doing that just for fun. Cause I was like, I'm never going to make a career out of dance. I also turned out not to be talented enough to make it, but you know, the injuries and all the other things were keeping me from that. Um, I did the same thing. <laughs> it's, it's like, it's, you know, and then, so I studied English and psychology just because those were things I was interested in, but I was like, I want to keep dance in my life. So I minored to dance. And I also was part of a dance company at my college. Um, but again, it was like just for fun. Like mm -hmm. for me, dance always showed up in this way of like, that's your fun. That's your way of staying fit and relaxing and having a good time. Um, after I got out of college, I leaned into the English and psychology stuff. I started to become very interested in marketing. And I happened to get an opportunity to move to Las Vegas and do marketing for performing arts, you know, for shows on the strip, for mm -hmm. hotels, for restaurants, for things that you do for fun. And I thought, well, this is great because I love those things in my personal life that I could make money sort of promoting them. And, and that's what I did for 15 years. And, and it gave me this great access to creative individuals. Mm -hmm. So all day long, I was speaking to chefs, singers, dancers, uh, you know, producers, right? Directors of, of live entertainment. Um, and, you know, I was involved in their process of how do they come up with a show? How do they present a show? What are the rehearsals like? I was in the rehearsals. I was inviting media into the rehearsals to see how that all panned out. And it, um, it was just a really, that I think started to develop my creative life, my creative spark. I never considered myself a creative person. I read that you don't either. And I think what I learned out of that is that we're all actually creative beings. Um, but I told myself that I'm not creative. I can't do that stuff, but I'm, I'm good at marketing. And so I can help them. You know, I can be a part of their process. So that went 15 years. I loved that job or more, more than that. I loved that job. I had various, I worked in various agencies and all in Las Vegas, but for the biggest shows you can imagine. I mean, Cher, yeah. Bette Midler and Britney Spears and, you know, all J-Lo, like any show you can imagine, I, I helped in some way to promote. Mm -hmm. um, Carlos Santana, anyway. <laughs> On and on. I don't need to name drop anymore. Um, so when that naturally ended, I think and around the time I was also reading the brilliant book, The Artist's Way by Julia Cameron, which is like the Bible for creative beings. And 
she had a practice, you know, she promotes a practice of morning pages, which is waking up and then free writing for at least three pages every morning. So I was doing that as a practice and that was becoming therapeutic. Along the, around this time, I was also studying as a, as a life coach. And so I had, and by the way, through that time, I got my yoga certification. So now you have, I think, all the tools in the toolbox. I was, you know, a dancer. I had this sort of mindful practice. I understand the mind-body connection through yoga. I was very, you know, studied anatomy. So I really did have the, the tools and through a time where, you know, I always imagined myself like owning a studio or having that thing. And um, I, I, had, I went through a tough time in my life and it, as a way to sort of heal, I would just come home, put music on, dance around, and then practice this sort of morning pages free writing thing. And every time I did it, I came out with these huge ahas and mm -hmm. these wonderful cathartic experiences that even though they were emotional, felt very um, accessible and kind and not, not intense, right? I can be in a very inintense person. And when doing this, I felt not intense. Mm -hmm. and I think that's really important. And so I started telling people about it. I was like, I was doing this thing and I'm dancing around and what do you guys think? And people were like, that sounds really fun. And I was giving my friends like assignments, like, Hey, try this out, try this out. <laughs> um, and everyone reported back that it was like huge for them. And so I decided, I was like, I think there's something here. And then one day the name came to me. I have a, a partner, a friend of mine who is my creative partner, who's really great at branding. And I sat with her one day and we talked for like six hours about this. She also used to be a, oh, she was a former dancer on the strip and turned into um, her own business to helping dancers and helping artists make a living. Um, so anyway, she and I noodled on it and we came up with the name and the look and the you know structure. And then we just started um, popping them up in real life and playing them out um, for free at first. And then we were charging um, for these classes and they just took off and became a hit. So that's where we are today. I think it, it gave me the sign that just naturally I was ready to move out of the business world and career and sort of step into this. Mm. And um, I, I, I built a runway of savings and an understanding of what my investment would look like, what the revenue would look like from this business and took the leap this year. So that's, mm. that brings us to this conversation today. Yeah. yeah. It's not a succinct version of the story, but I tried. <laughs> no, I love it. I feel like it definitely gave the full picture of you know, what that actually looked like for you. And I, I love how you touched on the fact that it was, it was a therapy for you. You found that it helped you and you went out and found how it helped other people. And then there it is. It was just all like came together at one point. That's it. it all came. And that's the thing. It's like, it was every point of my life. I think everything that happened added a tool. Right. And then as I got old enough, I started looking at what is available to me now. What are the tools in this toolbox? And what are the things that I love doing the most? You know, what are the things that light me up that are going to keep me going um, every day? And, you know, I started to sort of hone in on that and understand like, you know, and for a while, Kiani, I stopped dancing. Actually, when I really leaned into yoga, there was a good almost 10 years of my life where I don't think I danced a day. Wow. And that was, I noticed the, the, the stress that that brought on me. I noticed how much I missed it. And like, you know, at some point you age out of like going to all the weddings or going to the clubs at night. So there's no outlet for dancing for you whatsoever as an adult. <laughs> and I was like, this is crazy. Like, unless I go to a Zumba class or, or I take a dance class, which by the way, I started doing as well, but it just didn't feel like, I'm like, I wasn't looking to learn a routine. I'm not looking to perform something on stage. I was looking just to like dance wildly, but not have to have the heels on or be drunk or be in this like crazy club, right? Like yeah. I wanted to be able to dance wildly in a safe space with PJs on. <laughs> and so I was like, that doesn't exist. I'm going to make it a thing. Mm, yeah, absolutely. Well, I love that. So, so when I'm sure you come across a lot of very professional people, people are, who are in the corporate world, maybe, or maybe they own their own company, and they're feeling a lot of stress. You know, what, 
or maybe they're feeling trapped even, and uh, maybe this is two questions. Um, what, how, like, what is your advice for somebody who's going through that stress of work and, and feeling trapped? Like what, what would be their first step if they've never heard about vents even like how, what is your just plain recommendation for that person? I think it's go back to what made you, what did you do for fun as a kid? You know, and, and in some way emulate that, you know, was it like us, do you love to play baseball? You know, do you, and, and does that mean you need to pick up a ball and go out and throw it around? Um, you know, for me, music and dance was just the thing that took me out of that moment, that stuck moment and transported me into um, a free space. And so for me, it was like, I had to put music on and move my body. And, and sometimes that even was like, go to the gym, you know, or something that that's more structured that does release those um, pent up, the pent up energy. Like, I believe that stress is, it's just an energy wave. It's just a feeling like anything else. But the thing that we do with stress is we harbor it. You know, we try to like, put it, sweep it under a rug. And we all know what happens when you keep sweeping dirt under a rug, all of a sudden you have a just big pile of dirt and it doesn't clear it. It doesn't excavate it from your body. And like all emotions, if we haven't experienced the feeling and then let, let it dissipate naturally, it will collect in our bodies. And that's where I think we get chronic illness. You know, chronic pain and chronic illness comes from stuck energy. So it's things like every, you know, whether you mentioned an office setting, you know, if every day your boss agitates you in this one way and you never get a chance to, uh, you know, express that agitation, right? Cause you're in the office setting and then you go home and then you're, you know, cooking dinner or whatever it is. And you never have a moment to like scream into a pillow or write it out or really like get pissed. It's just going to stay with you. And so over time it becomes intolerable and it actually makes you sick. So vent is, is an emotional um, tool, actually. I mean, it is a tool to walk yourself through the um, energies that come up in your life and give you a chance to actually feel them and express them so that they clear and they go away and your body can function at its optimal level, your body and your mind. Mm -hmm. And I think when we do that, when we just give ourselves space to um, clear, right? To, to clear the things that, that um, come up instead of just like moving on and ignoring it. Um, we really can get a lot of benefit out of that. But I think that people's um, cues of where they might get that catharsis come from their childhood. Like, what mm -hmm. did you do as a kid? Were you a puzzler? Did you like building blocks? Then, you know, look, there's things like this now for adults, go get a puzzle, go get some blocks, go, you know, build something on a 3D animator, right? Like there are so many things that are available to you as an adult that I think we just don't think of because we put it where like, well, I grew up from that. Mm -hmm. You know, oh, like I used to do that, but I'm this person now. And it's like, well, you know, there's, there are clues in, when you were young, you were free of uh, the assumptions of what you should be in life. And you were free of the rules of how life should go. And what you were doing in those times is very true to who you are deep, deep down. And I think that's, that's part of um, what people need to tap back into. Oh, yeah, totally. And you know, you said something really key is that sometimes people will say like, oh, well, I've grown up or I don't, I don't need to do that anymore. Like I'm not a kid. And so I feel like that, that can be a huge barrier for people. They might be embarrassed. Like maybe they have a family and there's, you know, their significant other in the room or their kids asking like, what are you doing? <laughs> Which, um, you know, I think that could make any of us feel like a little, oh, I should probably stop or I should probably like not pursue this you know how how did you get over that did you ever have to deal with that or how do you help people get over that that is such a good question and that is something that I think about a lot because I don't think I ever maybe it was because I grew up dancing and I and a lot of times I needed to be on stage in front of people doing things that other people would be uncomfortable with that I never had that barrier of like looking silly and making and having that stop me 
And one of the things I love about vent is we get this all the time, especially now. I mean, this was why I think it was hard for people to do vent in person because um, they were like, this person that I don't know is like watching me be this silly and I can't be with that. But at home, you can do it. You can turn your camera off. We do it on Zoom so no one has to see you. And I do think that people are able to be more comfortable looking silly and they're watching, you know, my instructor and myself on a camera like, whatever, look, look, so I think it gives other people permission. So I guess I would say, because I don't, I, I am a person who maybe is someone who can help people have that permission to be free and look silly and not care that it is maybe finding, maybe finding that partner for you, finding that accountability buddy or that friend or that, you know, or that mute or that musician or that artist or whatever, that, that fun thing, like where you can go and let yourself be completely free you know yeah. where is that safe space for you if you don't have it I highly recommend you find that and maybe it is even like just a good friend that you talk to um and do yeah. fun things with maybe it's a travel buddy where you go get you get to experience traveling out of your comfort zone and therefore you know there's something freeing about that right where you're not in the same rules and regulations of your life yeah um, but yeah you got to find places that you can let loose yeah and maybe it's even just locking yourself in your room because I know for me sometimes it's very hard for me to connect with people and feel like I can trust them in being that accountability partner and so for me personally I have to give myself permission to do what it is that I need to do so I actually spend a lot of time alone in my room you know, despite we're always at home, but I, I take the time to, to be alone in my room. So that way I can just be, because what I've experienced is that it actually takes a, it takes a little bit of time to get into that. I'll, I'll call it the zone because I feel like you can be in a zone of like recognizing your yourself and, and being in that free moment. It takes a little bit of time. You're not just going to be 10 minutes in and you're not going to be there. Like when I was doing your event session, I probably, didn't start feeling that way until maybe at least like 20 minutes in at least. And so I, I would say like for anybody who's really looking to get into that state is like one, give yourself permission two, give yourself some time. And this is kind of for me, three, give yourself grace. If you're, if you, if you don't feel like you got there fast enough, it's okay. If you feel like you're not doing it right, that's not true because it's, it's your own truth. And it's what you make of it. It doesn't matter what anybody else would think is acceptable or what other people would think is the way that you should do your practice. Would you agree? A hundred percent. And it's not, you don't necessarily achieve that zone that you're talking about. I call it flow state. Yes. You don't necessarily achieve that flow state every time you do the practice. Like, let's say you were someone who, you know, you need to be in your room by yourself. Like you might have times where you do get there and then times when you don't, you know, if you're the, the person who's like, oh, as a kid, I played baseball. Like you're going to have days where you're still in your head playing baseball. And then you're gonna have other days where you like hit the zone and you're like in it and you feel like a superhero, right? We've all experienced, I think, those moments of catharsis and freedom and flow. And it's funny about it because you can't, you know, even you can, what I recommend is that you enter the circumstances that tend to get you in flow, but not expect that you're always going to be in flow each time because you really, flow is one of those things that can't be manipulated. It can't mm. be necessarily created. It, it can be invited in and maybe it comes. Mm. It's like you set up the tea set and you hope that flow comes to tea with you, but it doesn't always. Mm. Yeah. You know, I, it's not something that's scientific. Yeah, that's that's an interesting point. And I, I didn't really think of it that way. Um, you can't just do it on command. Yeah, it's the, the fabrication of it is not possible. It's a natural thing, you know, and, and, um, and it's a beautiful, wonderful thing. It feels so good. It's almost like a drug, you know, you feel this euphoria when you're in that state, but it's not, um, 
you know, there are, that's, I think, I think it's smart for everyone to have a bunch of tools in your toolbox. Like sometimes for you, maybe it is that like, I'm alone in my room for other people. It could be going to the gym for some, it could be, you know, um, shopping, right? Like there's a lot of things, like whatever it is for you that gets you into that. Like I have a bunch, have a bunch. And then when you need, or you feel like you want to access that, just go to those places and, and see if it shows up for you. Mm, yes, I love that. And so you said something earlier when you were sharing that, you know, you wanted to feel that experience without needing to be drunk or, you know, inebriated in some way, shape or form. I feel like this is something that a lot of people deal with because I coming from myself, I, I felt like maybe I was searching for that flow state. Therefore, I would go and drink every every weekend. <laughs> and I was looking for that feeling of euphoria, you know, it, it can it can easily be um, swapped for something that's negative or causes negative negative consequences in our life. So, you know, for somebody who maybe like because I'm asking because this is how I felt in those times where I was just going out every single weekend and I felt like that was my outlet I felt like okay this is what I do to relieve stress how, how do you change that mindset I think we all learn that in our own time and I do think that there is a period of life for most of us where we access flow state with with low hanging fruit, the easiest way to do that, which is maybe it is to, you know, pop a pill, to have a few drinks, to, you know, do the things that literally will chemically shut your brain off in that way that's driving you mad, right? Um, I think that at some point, most of us hit a place where we get sick of that because it's, we, what we experience in that is it's always, um, it's always temporary it and you always need more to mm. get to, to get to that and i think at some point we as humans just go hmm how do i find a more sustainable way to do this that is healthier for me and that works every time at the same level right to us to an extent it works every time you know i did talk about like flow state not necessarily being able to be fabricated but there's always a to a degree you can um, create it. And I think for me, like dancing and, and writing works every time. Now it works to varying levels. Sometimes I'll have this aha that makes me weep. And other times I'll be like, that just felt really good. You know? Um, but I think that you, most of us find a time naturally where we're searching for ways to do this, that actually change us on a cellular level instead of just um altering our, our our mindset for a temporary period of time after which we usually don't feel well mm -hmm. yeah. um, you know you usually have that whether it's literally the physical hangover of it or whether it's that mental of like oh no i said that to someone oh no i drunk dialed them or right like you never feel good i think after those experiences but something like writing it out or moving wildly or you know um having you know i think there's a lot of there's some safe psychedelics now out there where you can have an experience with a shaman that then like, you know, really brings about profound change. Like, I think those are um, more interesting. So my encouragement to people who are young and still, still using the, you know, more accessible tools for shutting your brain off and kind of getting, as you said, uninhibited, because that's a big, uninhibition is a great tool. Um, but can we make, can we um, get uninhibited in ways that are actually healthy? And the answer is yes. So the encouragement is try it out, find other ways, mm. you know, and once you do, I think you'll be more interested as I was in those ways, rather than the ways that um, always carry side effects that just don't, they don't necessarily make the ends worth the means. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. That, that feeling of un, 
un, uninhibition. <laughs> I, I'm not sure if that's the word, but um, that that feeling I think is what people are searching for. Mm-hmm. Um, but they 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 don't know what is the. I will say it's even like just. The, I feel like sometimes the act in itself of like going out to drink is almost them picking out, and, and I'm saying this from my own experience, picking out what is the socially acceptable way to do that. Because they know that they like it, you know, they know that everybody wants this feeling of like feeling uninhibited and like being fun and like, you know, having a great time. But, you know, it's not necessarily socially acceptable to just be like dancing crazy in your room, like not looking good. You know, <laughs> you know, the only you know, if you're on the Internet these days, you know that there are great dancers out there. Just for example, you can see that TikTok reels, whatever. You can see that people are really great at dancing and you're probably like, shoot, I don't know how to dance. Why would I even try? I'm not creative, quote unquote. So why should I even try to draw? Like, I'm not good at this stuff. So what would you, what would you say to that person? Because I mean, truth is like, they might actually have like a breakthrough if they just like thought about something that's not socially acceptable or, you know, thought outside that bubble, I should say. You're hitting on something so key. First of all, that is an excellent point about there are acceptable ways to be uninhibited in this world, and then there are unacceptable ways to be uninhibited in this world, or ways that make you vulnerable to potential um, scrutiny or judgment. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, you are absolutely right. Dancing is one of those things that brings on scrutiny and judgment, even though it it can be so freeing. I think in some ways, vent is a little bit ahead of its time, but like you were saying, like things like, you know, yoga, meditation, even adult coloring, like adult coloring books, as far as I can't remember them past four or five years ago, right? Like Mm -hmm. you you don't, you didn't go to a bookstore and see an adult coloring book 10 years ago as far as, so it wasn't acceptable for adults to color. Like it wasn't a thing, it was a kid's color. Adults don't do that. I think what's happening is as all of us are becoming more conscious of the, the value of creativity, inhibition, fun, that we're actually seeing that these are enriching experiences also for the adult life. We are making things that were once not socially acceptable into being socially acceptable. And so I think you're 100% right. And one of the things that Vent struggles with to get people to come is that I don't know that dance is there yet. I, in fact, we've, we've toyed with not even using the word dance, but calling it movement. But that to me felt a little esoteric and a little like, um, I didn't want it to feel like these ancient modalities like yoga or Reiki or, mm-hmm. uh, you know, I didn't want it to feel that way because that too has that barrier to acceptability and is a little intimidating. Hmm. We're not at the place, I think, where, I and mean, we're getting there. I think TikTok is helping, Reels is helping. I think people are showing themselves dancing wildly and dancing not performatively and not well. And, mo- and people are recognizing that in themselves and saying like, oh my God, if you can do it, then I can do it too. And I think the more of us that show um, that that are examples of that kind of dance, it will eventually become comfortable for people. But right now, it's not, and um, we get a lot of. It's people always hear about that and go, "That sounds so cool," but I don't think I could ever do that, you know. And I get a lot of that, and those that I do get to try it out oftentimes like you are like, oh yeah, now I'm sold. And they do, they will make it a part of their self-care routine or whatever. Um, But it is a tough barrier to cross right now. My hope is that just one day that changes in the world and that vent can be there and be ready for when the people are ready for this to be mainstream, but it's not yet. It's not mainstream yet. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. And I feel like part of it is like social media, right? Like, 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 as you were saying, there's steps, there are things that are showing signs that people, you know, want to accept kind of like 
wild behavior for lack of a better better word um but it is the the fear the fear of rejection the fear of being made fun of the fear of like people criticizing and that goes completely against what the purpose is of totally but you know pandemic is i think has been beautiful for that because it has debunked all the myths of how we perceive other people, especially mm -hmm. the famous people in the world. We have gotten to see over this last year, all the veils, you know, like all the curtains are gone from those people that we thought were this glamorous or this perfect or this, this. Now we're seeing them in their homes with their kids running into the camera with their dogs without <laughs> makeup on. You know, what are they eating for breakfast? What is their, you know, you could see the mess of laundry in there. And we're realizing like, oh shit, we are all the same. Mm -hmm. You know, we are all the same. And like, even that perf perfect dancer, you know, has a life that's not perfect has flaws, sometimes has acne or, right? Like we are seeing these things from the people that we expected it never happened to. And I think that's helping to not only debunk myths, but it's helping all of us to accept ourselves and not hold ourselves to an ideal that actually doesn't exist. Mm -hmm. We're bringing, I think, down the, the ideals and saying that like, oh, actually these people I revere their life looks very similar to mine. And they are in their PJs half the day too. And they are also, you know, stuck in their home. And they are also, you know, they're dealing with all the same struggles. And I think that's a huge step to bridging. And that's why I think you're starting to see people on TikTok, like in their pajamas, dance silly. And then it, go, it goes viral, you know, because people are like, okay, like this is now, it's okay to be a human now it's okay not to have the makeup on and it's okay not to always be so presentable, so postured, so polished. Um, and I, and, and my hope is that vent coming on the heels of that is, is ushering in this new era where we get to be human beings, mm -hmm. right? We get to, so you can dance freely, but you don't have to look, you know, you don't have to have the heels and the cute little dress on to do that. Mm -hmm. You can yeah. do it and look like you look, who cares? Yes. yes, yeah, I love that. And I think it's so true. Like that's a very important thing to realize is that people are just people. And you hit on such a good point that this pandemic has really showed us, you know, humanity. Humanity is not always perfect. We're not always gonna be presentable. We're not always gonna do the right thing. We're not, you know, that's just, that's just the core of it. And, um, you know, I think people are now starting to realize you know, there are a lot of trolls in the world, but I feel like people are realizing that, you know, the criticism doesn't really, it isn't called for because everybody has flaws. Everybody has issues. Like, like what gives you the right to criticize somebody uh, when you are, you know, just as, um, just as flawed. And so it's so true. And, and I, I really think, like, I, go ahead. Oh, no, no, go ahead. I was going to move on to the next thing. So you go. Yeah, no, we can, we should, because otherwise I'll stay on this one forever. <laughs> okay. Um, yeah, the last thing I wanted to touch on is because, you know, mental health is something that is, 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 is burdening my heart right now because it's, you know, suicide rates are going up substantially. And I feel like this whole conversation that we've been having really touches on the fact that, that, you know, sometimes people don't feel like they can really be themselves or they don't know themselves or they, because you can lose everything. If you have yourself, if you have yourself and you're confident in that and you feel comfortable in your own skin, you can bounce back. But if you don't have that, if you don't have that sense of grounded, I have a purpose on this world, that sense of feeling of like, okay, there's something greater than this. You're, you're not going to feel that way. And it's going to be very easy for you to slip into that negative mindset of, you know, like ending it all, unfortunately. And so like, I, th I think what you're doing is incredible to, to help bridge that gap of helping people get to that point because um, it's so, it's so important. It is so important. And it is so important. And I think that we all, whether they're small microaggressions and micro traumas that then build in your life, or you have big, you know, big sweeping things. All of us have had great 
sudden tragedy in in a sense what the world is going through right now is a great sudden tragedy you know we one day you're doing one thing and then literally the next day it's like you need to stay home and everything changed that's a trauma you know and and um and many people have gone through many more severe traumas than that i think what tends to happen in trauma and i'm not you know I'm not an expert in this. I'm not a doctor. I have no degrees. So please take this with a grain of salt. But what I've experienced in my studies and, and in, is what happens in trauma typically is there's a disassociation with your body. And that's why hurting yourself isn't a thing, right? Like it, it, you don't mind because you actually have disassociated from your body. And a lot of times uh, traumas happen to our bodies, whether it's a car accident or something more, you know, uh, sinister. Um, we often do that. And so my, what I've always found through yoga, through dance, through other things is when I feel connected to my body, that I feel connected to my spirit and the thing that you're saying, that power that's beyond the ego sense of who you are. And when you're connected to that, you sort of realize that like, it's not about what your hair looks like or that someone made fun of your outfit or that you gained a few pounds because those no longer make up your identity. Mm. You know, you could see your identity as a much vaster um, construct mm. than just like this body. Now that said, when you do actually see your body and you do connect your body, the other thing that happens is you realize how freaking remarkable your body is. You know, I mean, we take for granted like how smart the system is, how evolved it is, how it knows what you need in every given moment. I always find it amazing that like we get a cut and it heals on its own and we don't find that remarkable anymore at some point. <laughs> and it's like every time, like how does your body know that you need this skin cell right at this place? It just knows. like it has such great intelligence that sometimes it's about going in and feeling the heartbeat, the, the breath, the things that happen, the digestion, the things that happen automatically that are really complex processes that happen automatically. Your body knows when to release certain hormones. It knows, you know, when to calm you down, how to, how to get you out of a situation that might be dangerous. Like it knows these things and it's doing them automatically. So that's a long diatribe just to, to say that like, when you know and you've experienced the remarkability of your body, you really don't, I don't know that you want to do anything to harm it. I think you want to do things to enhance its miraculousness. Hmm. And I think ultimately you're touching, you're getting really into the deep thread of what vent's about because I couch vent. I very much try to make it seem like, oh, it's just a fun thing to do. We're going to put on some music. We're going to dance. We're going to, you know, color or draw. And it is, it is a fun thing to do, but it is, on a deep level is establishing these mind-body connections it is making you present to the remarkability of your own body because isn't it amazing that you could dance around and get release some stress and then like the message that comes out on a piece of paper whether it's picture or words is like the exact message you needed at that moment it's not a coincidence that's your body and your spirit doing what it does and when you when you have those moments to get connected to that um they're very healing. They're very healing. And so vent is, is intended to heal, um, to be, to be a, a, a salve for mental health issues. We do actually make a concerted effort to go into groups of, you know, underprivileged kids who can't have excess, you know, we, we, we connect with these organizations and we bring them vent when we can. Um, we've done many different retreats for specific um, issues. We've, we worked with autistic children and parents as well because they, while they can't necessarily verbally communicate, they can through this expressive act. And so it brings parents and kids together. And, you know, there's, there's a lot, I think of, I appreciate that you see the depth event, even though we do this sort of thing of like saying, look, this is fun and easy. Um, it, it has very real, and very purposeful missions um, that, that it's meant to heal us all on the individual level. And it's meant to connect us all in the, com the community of music and movement. Amen, amen to that. Oh, I love that. <laughs> 
Well, this has been such a great conversation. I almost don't want it to end. <laughs> but um, yeah, so tell everybody where we can find Vent Dance. How can they get started? Tell us all the details. Yeah, thank you so much for this opportunity. You can find on our website, we're eventdance.com. On IG, we're vent.dance. That's where you'll get most information. I encourage you to sign up there or maybe even send us an email, sign up for our e-blasts on our website. We do it every week, Saturdays at 10 a.m. Pacific time on Zoom. We also offer private sessions or private groups. So if you're looking to say, host something for your friends, we can do that at your time, whatever you want. Um, and then we have some special events here, sometimes related to holidays and things like that, that will pop up um, in the schedule. Um, it's, it's free to join. It's donation based. So we try to eliminate all barriers to entry, come try it out. And then if you like it, you can, um, just send us some, a PayPal with whatever it is you want to pay. Um, and, and that's it. We're, we're just open. We're fun every Saturday. Uh, come and try it out. Yay. Okay. Very cool. Very cool. So um, last but not least, um, I'm a person of faith. So if you would allow me, I would love to pray for you. Oh, yes. I, I have a spiritual practice that's um, not necessarily religious based, but I will take any prayer. All <laughs> right. Okay. Whew. Well, thank you. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you so much for this day. Thank you so much for bringing Michelle into my life. She is such a light. She is such a person of just deep connection. And I thank you so much for implanting in her heart a desire to help others, a desire to to spread the things that she knows she knows has helped her. And thank you that she has been able to have a platform to really share that with others. I thank you for her giving attitude and her mindset and, and the gifts that you have given her to amplify that mindset and amplify those skills and those talents and those gifts, Lord God. Lord, I pray just for extreme blessings upon her and her life and for Vent Dance and everybody who's involved in this project, Lord God, I pray that you will continue to, to have your hand in this movement and allow them to touch people that they have never touched before. Allow this idea and concept to spread to all the ends of the earth so that way you you can have your hand in this world. In this dark world that we live in, Lord God, I thank you that you are consistently working in the lives of people like Michelle and the people that work with her. And we pray for extreme abundance in her life, that you will give her abundance in her relationships, in her, in her, um, in, in, in her business and, and in all other things that she's involved with. I know that she is an incredibly talented person and that you are just consistently making it so that she could have the desires of her heart. And I pray this in Jesus name. Amen. That was gorgeous. Thank you so much. You're welcome. Wow. Yeah. I'm very touched. Thank you. And gosh, all of it back to you. Wow. <laughs> thank you. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you for this time. I learned a lot, honestly. <laughs> As did I. I. I'd be more than happy to continue these conversations and we'd love to have you come to Vent anytime. Maybe you want to host a session one day and dance around with your friends. Yes. Yes, absolutely. Thank you so much for listening. If you liked the episode, it would mean so much to me if you shared it with a friend you feel like needs to hear it because everyone deserves to experience growth and freedom. And as for you, I would love to get to know you and hear your feedback on the podcast. So I invite you to reach out to me on Instagram at growing to be Kiani or on the grow to be free podcast Facebook page. And if you're looking for community and connection, join the grow to be free club on Clubhouse. Until next time, see you soon.